the chickens are mad, you guys. Why? How can you tell? Well, because they yell constantly at me. I was going to make a recording for the show, but it was raining out. And that's what they're yelling about. Oh, the rain? Oh, they hate the rain. <laughs> you can hear them from the front yard. <laughs> what, are they, what do they want? Uh, they want the sun to come out. <laughs> yeah, I suppose they don't they know anything everyone. else. So suddenly they're no longer pets that I hope will reward my love with food. But they're just yet another group of assholes I've got to manage. <laughs> Guys, I can't make the sun come out. Solve your problem. Stop standing in the rain. <laughs> Get back in your coop. <laughs> There's plastic up there for a reason. Yeah. Plastic. They deserve better. This episode of It Will Probably Be Okay was recorded on September 9th, 2020. Welcome to It Will Probably Be Okay. Today, we are going to discuss the morality of politics, or the politics of morality. I'm not really sure which. And this is only one of the many things we'll discuss today that I'm unsure of. My name is Nick. And I am still drinking hard seltzer. <laughs> My name is Kenji, and I love hard seltzer with bourbon. Whoa! My name is Gabe Wallenberg, and I am a cartoon dog trying to enjoy a cup of hard seltzer as the room burns <laughs> down around. <laughs> Say it with me. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with some mini topics. Many topics, me. Have any of you, either of you ever read Dune or watched the series or the movie? I have not. I tried to read and couldn't get into it, but I have watched the film several times. For me, Dune is one of those, it's a pivotal experience for me because when I moved to Grenada and I didn't want to but I was there and the sci-fi channel had the series on the short series and it was so good that that's when I fell in love with James McAvoy and it was just so good and then I found a book Dune in the school's library and the school didn't have very many books but i found this book so i had to read it dune is by frank herbert and it's a sci-fi novel about rich people doing rich people things in some part of the galaxy and there's all this intrigue and there are worms massive worms that eat the sand and produce something called the spice now, if you are around, you're probably going to see me make or hear me make references to the spice. <laughs> spice flow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if I do, that's what I'm talking about. There's a movie coming out in 2020. They released a trailer today and I'm a little bit excited because I'm seeing the landscapes and the mythology and I'm getting myself there. But I don't know, man. Are they going to fuck it up? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they usually fuck it up. Like, no matter what it is, like, something you, you like, unequivocally love that Hollywood decides to stick its claws into usually ends up kind of 
not being as satisfying as you'd hoped it would be? And the trailer makes it look like they're going to be pretty faithful to Fr- Frankie's novel. But there's Timothy just like brooding a bit. And I'm really hoping it's not a lot of brooding because my... Because we just finished Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, what is he supposed to be? A duke? Whatever he is. My king it cannot be a brooding. Even James McAvoy, despite being young, he just had this this kingly sense to him and so i liked him because when he made the spice flow i believed so (laughs) i gotta tell you i was not on my radar but now it definitely is (laughs) do you want to know what my new jam is yeah yeah my current jam so this is my mini topic i've been trying to lighten things up like in my life and when I'm around, because the, right now, if it gets dark, it stays dark. And that's both nature and the world around us. Right. But I have two things you can do to sort of lean into that darkness, but not give into it. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The first thing I want you to do is visit looks.wtf, L-O-O-K-S dot W-T-F. These are Unicode emoticons. And if you are stuck in Zoom meetings all day and need something to spam the chat with, let me endorse Unicode emoticons. (laughs) (laughs) They're bits and boops of computer input standards that let you make non-English shapes and letters, the most famous of which is the flip the table emoticon. You will mess up people's brains when you drop those into your Zoom chat. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. I can't wait to do it, yeah. While you are doom scrolling, I recommend finding a copy, and there's a link in the show notes here, of the unreleased soundtracks from the Doctor Who series. Specifically, the soundtrack to Series 10, Peter Capaldi's final season as the Doctor. It is so good, and it is totally unreleased, but it's available as a fan edit on YouTube. And if you are looking for some really intense but kind of wacky instrumental scores to listen to while you endlessly scroll down <coughs> Google News and see how the world is ending, this is an incredible soundtrack to do with. Actually, a bunch of great Doctor Who stuff on on Spotify, but this season ten is like the forbidden fruit, and because it's a, a, a like because it's a fan thing, they had to make them by extracting the vocals from the actual broadcast episodes. So there uh... are these great sort of haunting ghost vibes in the background where you can kind of hear the dialogue from the show, but not really. The fact that these are made from the actual videos is cool. The BBC, though, should just, and rumors are that they'll just be releasing it at some point on Spotify, good and proper. 
There is also, and this is important, a change.org petition to ask the BBC to release it on, release the season 10 Doctor Who soundtrack. And I think that says more about change.org than really anything. That actually fits in really well with the overall topic of our show today. So let's get into it. First, I I just want to say, Normally, I, I like to come to these these shows that I'm leading very prepared with copious notes, but that isn't necessarily where I'm at because I, I don't think I'm far enough down the road to do that yet. What I want to talk about is morality and how morality relates to politics. Morality is defined as principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. I've been thinking a lot about morality lately as it relates to politics and the impending election. In fact, I wrote a bit about it on my blog, and I want to share an excerpt. I'm not willing to chalk a vote for Trump up to the idea that everyone has different beliefs. Point blank, I don't think it is okay or ethical to support Donald Trump. I believe it is deeply unethical to ignore everything I've written about and everything else that has happened because you like a few of Trump's policy positions. This isn't a normal time in America, and when times aren't normal, we as Americans are called to be introspective and live up to our American principles. If you look at the whole picture of what has happened over the last nearly four years and still decide to support Donald Trump, you are choosing an immoral, unethical path, and you do not love America, end quote. It is one thing to write with aggression and authority about this topic, but it is quite another to consider deeply what it means when friends and family are making a choice that goes against what I'd consider morality. In fact, I've had multiple conversations with people I care deeply about, and I've had a lot of mental anguish about what our quarrels mean and what effects they may have moving forward. By far the most common defense is to paint the opposition as also immoral. One person said, if voting for either candidate meant you were automatically tied to their morals, we'd all be terrible. I think this is wrong. I want to get your thoughts and and just kind of launch from that point into this conversation. Is it true that all candidates are immoral and if we voted for someone, there's no choice but to endorse an immoral candidate? I just want to be clear that I cannot vote. So this is all hypothetical to me. Sure. <laughs> it's interesting, Nick, that you said that you weren't sure you were ready to talk about this, because when I looked at it this afternoon to sort of get my head around where you were going to go, I thought, you know, I did a quick I did enough research. And by research this time, I mean actual research. I found out my St. Mary's account has access to a lot of great databases. Oh. So so I was looking at some fantastic journals on morality and and in political science. And I read enough to know that I am definitely not in a position to have a learned opinion on this. And so I wanted to make sure that I had at least some reckons. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) Right? Like, so, so I don't know what science and math and smart people think about the idea that if candidates are supposed to represent our personal morals, then we would all be in trouble. Like, I don't know. I think that sounds on, I reckon that sounds wrong. And I agree with your supposition that I am not Joe Biden and I am not Donald Trump, no matter who I vote for. And I have a hard time balancing that with the idea that we're supposed to be in a republic, nominally a representative democracy. I mean, you live in Wisconsin, so Wisconsin doesn't really have a democracy of much anymore with gerrymandering. 
Well, and that's that's why it's really hard for me to make the argument that the candidate is the will of the people because the will of the people is so distorted. The reality is, I've always said, the joke candidate always wins because America just doesn't deserve a representative democracy. Oh, I guess I'll never run for school board. <laughs> but, but like at the same time, I just, I recognize the political reality that we're in. And I don't hold the principle of voting so sacred that I must make that a moral choice for myself. And the long and the short of it is politics in America have always been a game and not an actual representative democracy. But it it's okay. I feel like sometimes we must sit at the table with our choices. Yeah. And it's a bit like, I don't know if you, if, if you do doom scrolling on Twitter, you've probably seen it where somebody is anti-capitalist and then someone tries to call them out for having an iPhone. And then there's this meme that says, so you are trying to get me for participating in a world that I happen to live with. So I can't call it out now. And I think that, yes, you can call out how insane it is that these are our two candidates. It is insane. But these are the two choices at the table. And I believe if you're voting, you have the choice to not vote. Like, that is always a choice. However, I do reserve this feeling of if you choose not to vote, you don't get to complain about the outcome. And I think that is a little bit harsh and I am open to arguments as to why a person should still be able to complain. But if you didn't contribute to the building of the boat, you don't get to complain when it sinks. But we have a choice between a Biden and a Trump. And really what we're choosing to me, I think everyone has to make a choice based off of whatever matrix of important things. And for me, it is very telling when a person says their choice is Trump, because I infer from that, that on your matrix of important things, equality is not one of them. Democracy is not one of them. Separation of church and state is not one of them. Mm -hmm. we're, we're moving away from that tremendously. Respect for armed forces is not <laughs> one of them. We just found out. <laughs> <laughs> not usurping the rule of law is not one of them. So then I have to question what matters to you. And for a person like Trump who says the quiet part out loud, it is a struggle to not come away with, you want some white supremacist shit. You want the status quo. Like, Joe, to me, Joe Biden wants the status quo to ma maintain the status quo because, well, white supremacy. But also because he thinks that somehow not urging for chaos is as good as doing something useful. It's really not. It's not. But given that our choice is a person who does not urge for chaos and a person who does urge for chaos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's interesting that I, that's a really good way to frame it. So I have one high school acquaintance that just seems very, very upset mm -hmm. that I am framing this 
as a moral issue and is very offended and, and almost hurt by the fact that like I am saying that I think morality you know is is on the ballot this time he can't seem to understand why a moral judgment would be made based on a vote when he feels that both candidates have shown amorality so at that point it's almost like okay then you know look at both candidates and figure out who's been the most immoral and vote that way (laughs) (laughs) but then it's sports right then it because because morality is all about it's about perspective right so i'm gonna vote for the packers because they have the most football juice you know what i mean like morality and and maybe i'm blowing it down but like the reason i struggle with this is and and kenji i'm actually i love when you when what you said sit at the table right you said (laughs) sit at the table with our choices because in theory a leader's moral position should not be relevant in theory the leader's job is to represent the interests for which he has been charged with leading. If those interests are immoral and enough immoral people agree, that leader is doing the job he was elected to do. So the conversation, Nick, I think correctly, has to be you are making an immoral choice by supporting a candidate who wishes to support the issues that I feel are immoral. The problem comes when you're like, then I can't vote for anybody because I won't make an immoral choice. And then you're fucked. Then Trump wins again. The theory that your vote matters so much is powerful and terrifying and irrelevant. And that's so frustrating. But here's the thing. The the most breakthrough, memorable moment I have ever had in therapy was this. You should not feel bad if you trust someone and they prove themselves to not be trustworthy. Because it takes more out of you to walk around not trusting people than it is to just trust. But when they prove themselves to not be trustworthy... You are within your rights to not fucking Mm -hmm. trust them. And so if you have a person like Trump, we talk about immorality, but I can't tell if we're saying amoral because Trump is immoral. He doesn't have any and he does not care. So if I have a choice between a sociopath and a useless idiot, I will choose the useless idiot every day because the sociopath will fuck me over and not even care and i need you to care if you're fucking me over i just need it i need it but what if the (laughs) sociopath is your guy but the sociopath has proven he is not my guy (laughs) okay but what if he did like that's where i get hung up right like magically uh decided no 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 take trump trump will never magically be a good human being i'm saying i'm saying no no amount of of drink and bleach will turn him into uh someone who i would hold up on a pedestal i'm saying so what if there was a psychopath who was like no no we are going to get 
universal health care and i don't care who i have to walk over to do well, it well a psychopath has hallucinations that they believe to be true a sociopath has issues with social structure and actually caring i wouldn't want a psychopath in office that's going to be an issue a sociopath <laughs> who is interested in universal health care i will vote for him if he is not a sociopath who has demonstrated <laughs> that he does not care if i die say pandemic lying having the the attorney general of the united states of america pursue a, a rape case that is against me bringing on the law the the u.s government on a on a on a on a case like that like he does not have the interest of the so it's kind of like machiavellian like he does not have the best interest of the country and he has demonstrated that so i don't trust him like if he was a sociopath who consistently well i i realize this this motherfucker don't care but he's still pursuing universal health care, making sure we have EPA protections mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. I keep him. Vote for him. But well, he's that, that, I guess. That. <laughs> well, and that's but that's that's I think where I struggle, right, with this cognitive dissonance around the idea that our best leaders are sociopaths. Well, leaders tend to be people who it's like having CEOs. There's always that capacity. And you know what? If I had to care about all the, how many Americans are there? 325 million. And falling. And falling. <laughs> <laughs> I should have laughed I didn't, yeah. Dark. But if I had to care, I mean, you see how presidents come in with, with all yeah. dark, lustrous hair, and they leave gray. I mean, there has to be some capacity to detach from that, and I will fault no one for it. How much you detach, though, becomes a problem when you start doing things like killing us. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that in any way. I want to make it very clear. Like, uh, this is not normal. Like, the what we're living through right now isn't normal, and I don't know if it can be fixed. But I do know that standing on my high horse and say I will never vote for Joe Biden is childish, and that's where I'm at with it. Like you are being a baby. I don't know if it's childish. I don't want to call people who do that childish. What do I think in my head when I see people say that on Twitter? I think it's respectable to have a stance and maintain it, but I think that it's it's disrespectful as fuck to the institution to just be like, well, I will not participate today. Well, but they are part well, that's, that's great. That's, that's, that's a privilege. Uh, they cannot participate all they want. It's the people who will say, no, no, I'm throwing my vote in for the Green Party. They're participating, oh, but yeah, not really. Well, that's their moral vote. Well, that's okay. So then part of it becomes, I think, of a problem with people who vote for the Green Party, despite knowing that statistically they're throwing their vote away, because I don't know that we should vote based on what we think. Like, you shouldn't vote for the candidate that you think is going to win just because you think he's going to win. But then it becomes so like this strategic enterprise, like when you see in the primaries where people were like, I'm not going to vote for Biden because it looks like who's the other old white Bloomberg? guy? I don't know. They they all look the same to me. <laughs> um, The other one, the socialist. <laughs> oh, Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, well, I won't vote for him because it looks like it's not going to count for anything. So I'm going to vote for this person. And it's like, well, at no point then do you get an honest assessment of what people actually think. Right. As... <laughs> As someone who opted to not vote in the 2016 election because I couldn't stomach either candidate, I, you know, 
obviously in retrospect, when I see how terrible things got, that looks like a mistake. But I guess I have a little bit of, or I I would say I have more sympathy for anybody who voted for Donald Trump or decided not to vote in 2016 that's going to vote for Biden now than I do for anybody that's going to vote for Trump or is going to sit out this election. Because now we've seen, I mean, now we've seen what his leadership has done to this country. It was all theoretical before 2016. I I know some people thought, and, and I was part of this, like, how much damage could he really do? And now we almost don't have a democracy. Yeah, it turns out, it turns out a lot. But yeah, I think I think the reason let's shift gears just a little bit. So I think the reason that I said I don't know, I don't know what to say or I don't really know how to talk about this is because, you know, a lot of this is me kind of seeing people that I know and care about who after four years or three and a half years of this craziness are are still saying are saying, yeah, like I'm about to make this choice that you think's really immoral and, and I don't think that that should be a problem. And and I'm just trying to like wrap my head around what to do with that or like how to feel about that. Ask them what do you care about? What do you mean? I want somebody to articulate to me what are the qualities because when you when you when people play it off as like well I don't like that Biden does this it's like okay fine cool but I want you to talk to me at large about the qualities that he is bringing to the presidency and where you think the next four years, where do you want the next four years to go and if you're telling me that you want the next four years to go this way and you're choosing Trump, then you must seriously believe that he's going to get you there. And I want to really understand what the cognitive distance that there is for you to tell me that you want to see improvements in the economy, but then have somebody butcher the fuck out of it. So I just want to know. Is this what you're saying? You're going to look across the aisle. At this person who says, well, I don't agree with everything Trump says, but like ultimately the systemic oppression of our democracy is worth X and they need to fill in that X and say that to you out loud and own that. And no one seems to do that. And I think that gets me to maybe the solution, Nick, you tell me, is this is all comes down to the feelings are real conversation, Mm. right? Well, that hurts your feelings, but feelings are bullshit. Yeah, They're right, not. right, right. Feelings are real. Like my feelings are what drive this right. machine. And like n- recognizing that my feelings are real are is what empowers me to take action to make my feelings better. So when you're looking at a guy who says, I'll vote for Trump anyway, because, you know, like, sure he supports hate and all that, but hates a feeling and that's not real. So I, feelings are real. I mean, yeah, uh, th- no, that's a great point. When, when your argument about someone saying that your candidate is immoral, when your argument is well, like, well, the other guy is immoral too. Like you would think that at some point you would stop yourself and you'd say, wow, like what a shitty situation we're in. Like, like the best that I have to offer, it's almost like when this thing with the troops came out and Trump said these terrible things, it's like, you know, all the people were like, well, that, 
you know, that's not true. But no one said, like, that's not true because Donald Trump would never say that because, like, they know he certainly would say that. Like, that is definitely in character for him to call people losers and, and not understand the, the life of of anyone that's not himself you know these people that support trump it's almost like there's this like shocking lack of of self-awareness where to me it doesn't seem that they're thinking all that deeply about this i mean the question that i, I think nikenji was asking before you know where do they see us well they they think you know if he gets four more years he's going to make america great again I, I don't think that they have really any kind of and then it's like what does that mean yeah i mean i don't i don't think that they know I think it that that phrase kind of works because like, you know, it, it's different things to every person. But like this is the promise Trump is making, right? Like he's going to make America great again. So like if you support him, whatever you think that that is, you know, you can you can wrap your head around how that's going to be. Fill in the blank. Yeah. And and it just as a piece of marketing, it's fantastic because like Great America is one of my favorite places in the world. <laughs> um, that is not a true statement. But you know what I'm saying? Like everything about it is such delicious and delightful candy. And I, I got to throw in this and this is an observation I've been dying to shoehorn into our podcast at some point. <laughs> Do you think they are intentionally making Joe Biden look like the old Captain America from the end of Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> I see what because, you mean. Because though. they're always shooting him like he's looking off thinking about Peggy saying, No, I don't think I will. Like he looks it's gotta be intentional. Remember when they used to make Al Gore run around looking like Ronald Reagan? Like <laughs> they do these things on purpose. And I honestly like I can't think of a better comparison than Biden as Captain America and Donald Trump as Thanos, because like nobody's going to be like, yeah, but Thanos, like he got rid of half of the people in the world and that was <laughs> worked out great for us. Right. But people are making that argument. <laughs> I, I guess. I, so I guess we're like ultimately what what I'm struggling with and and maybe I'll just state it out loud and, and then we can kind of address it is. You know, in 60 some days, we are going to have an election. And I I hope that that election will mean Biden takes over and we get back to some semblance of normalcy and we do what we're supposed to do about the pandemic and everything. I, I am too fearful to even think about the, the other scenario. But for the for the first time in my life, you know, I, I feel like this is a this is a this is the most important election in any of our lifetimes. And so, you know, it's going to be over and there's going to be people in my life, family members and friends that I very vociferously said, you're making a moral decision. But, you know, hopefully we can get away from that doom scrolling. And once that happens, I, I don't know what to do. Part of me, when I think about this, it's like I, in my head, I'm being really, really hard on these people. And I'm, and I'm thinking they're making an immoral choice. In reality, a lot of us have made choices that we're not exactly proud of. So there's part of me that feels if I get my way, I have to give these people a little bit of grace. But then there's part of me that feels like if somehow Trump wins, I'll go on being disgusted by these people. Well, I think you should yeah. go on being disgusted by those people. <sighs> yep. I have always been a person that I will pretend to not know what you're talking about, despite knowing what you're talking about. And this has gotten me out of those kind of situations that men like to be like 
sexual idiots towards women and like they think it's hilarious or interesting and i'm just like no i don't know what you mean (laughs) what do you mean and so i think when people show you who they are Mm -hmm. you should believe them this is not a fight about policy when people talk about they don't want big government, what they really mean is they want big government for some things, but not other things. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm like, I want big government because I want this thing. And you're like, no, I don't believe in big government. And then we have a further conversation. It turns out, actually, you want to legislate my fucking uterus. In general, people don't say the quiet part out loud. So you can at least go along to get along believing that there are people who believe that these fiscal or legal policies will somehow end up in a righteous way. But Trump doesn't even pretend. He's like, I'm going to make a law that's going to round up all the black people and we're going to get them out of here. And people would be like, yeah. And it's, it's, we we not even pretending that we think that this is going to bring law and order. He's going to actually be like, yeah, I want the poor people out of the suburbs. He, yeah, he said it. Exactly. And people are like, yeah. If he's saying the quiet part out loud, he does not give a fuck about consequences because there have been none. And if you support a person who is saying the quiet part out loud, You don't have a leg to stand on to be like, well, I didn't realize that that particular policy he was pushing was meant to disenfranchise Mm -hmm. people. How can you pretend? Yeah, right. You simply cannot pretend. And so I can't pretend to, to not see that you supported somebody who is incredibly vocal about disenfranchising people, about not allowing the First Amendment, about abusing power about being a liar i I know you're gonna say like politicians lie. no 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 this is for me a referendum on how much truth we want out of our elected officials the reality is especially with the latest stuff about coming out just now that you know trump admitted to admitted that that he enjoyed and deliberately misled people about the seriousness of the coronavirus. He said these things to Bob Woodward, of all people. I think that that is going to give people the ability to say, yeah, I want a leader who's smart enough to know when to lie to me, which is the worst case scenario. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Like uh, 44, right? I like to call him 44 because I feel like Barack and I are just not close enough that I can use his first name. But When Barack Obama climbed out of his hidey hole and started tweeting again, it was literally when the coronavirus came out and he's like, hey, just just so you guys know, when things are in crisis, it's real important to tell people the truth. All right, I'm out of here. Sorry. See you later. Nobody saw that as like, hey, wait, the Obama canary just went off. This coal mine is in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) With the way this thing that's going to spin with, uh, of course, I lied to the American people. I didn't want people to panic. They're going to eat that shit up. But like. At the end of the day, he's still a white supremacist, and so are you. And so, like, acknowledge that at least. And they don't. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's the unexamined life. (laughs) Yeah, it it really is. It really is. And that's feelings are real, right? Like, it all comes back to the things we talk about. And this was so hard on the morning, November morning in 2016. America done fucked up Mm -hmm. and they fucked up bad. And the world looked at us and said, 
oh shit, they are all racist. <laughs> like and and I and then thought, <laughs> I thought for sure. Well, don't worry, the pussy hat movement will do something. Like it will change something. Well, Black Lives Matter will help. It will change something. And maybe it has, and maybe it hasn't, but like it needs to hurry up and change faster. <laughs> like it's gotta be done by November or we're fucked. Well, I mean, nothing's gonna be done because nothing is gonna burn. I mean, except for the wildfires caused by gender reveals. But <laughs> I mean, nothing realistically, nothing's gonna change. And this is gonna be like post. I don't know, post-genocide. And this is terrible. And I I mean, 10 years from now, I'm probably going to look back and I can't be like, oh, God, I can't believe you said those words. But I imagine this might be a little bit, just a smidge, like 1%. Like how people must be when they wake up the day after the genocide has ended and they have to work and see their neighbors who they know were part of the secret police, who they know gave the orders and that level of like just walking around knowing that people are complicit and whatever happens next complicit and i can hate you i can be around you but i will never not remember who you are i'm not gonna forget that no but i'm also gonna give them room to grow and the frustrating part is i just don't feel like they're interested in that part they're not in regardless of what happens i think that for for all those trump supporters if he goes to jail or you know if if all of the horrible things he's done in addition to everything that he's doing in the public eye right now are unearthed i i just i feel like these people have ridden so hard and hung so many flags on their boats for him that there's just no way that they're gonna ever admit that they were wrong even as their little boat sat on the bottom of the lake, yes. they're like, clearly there have been terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> and not only are they saying clearly there have been terrorists, and then the local police department's like, yeah, and the terrorists were you, dude. <laughs> like, like, like uh, yeah, I, you know, all I can say is, is never forget, you know, we say never forget with regards to tragedy. And maybe that's the response we should hold towards the Trump presidency. And let us just hope it's only four and not eight. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, th- yeah, there's no spoilers. We're just going to have to live <laughs> the next 60 days to figure it out. So with that, let me talk about some of the key things that we learned today. One, the football season starts on Sunday, and the Packers, in Gabe's mind, have the most football juice. <laughs> I, I think that a really good point was made that don't feel bad if you trust someone, and they, they turn out to be not trustworthy. It's it's much more effort to go around mistrusting everybody and trying to think about what their motives are. I, I love that. I think that's really important. And then I, I think my biggest takeaway from this week are is is just that feelings feelings are real like Gabe said and you know I have people that feel badly that I'm saying that supporting Trump is immoral um I feel badly about four more years of him as the presidency we're not going to always agree with everyone on everything but if we live what we believe in For us, at least, it will probably be okay.
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fine.